0: We have a lot of videos of the podcast and various other tutorials on YouTube. You can subscribe to our channel at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash YouTube. Happy mixing and enjoy the show. The legends are true. Overwhelming
1: power. sauce of
0: destiny. Yes! Welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I am your host DK and with me as always is my special co-host
2: <laughs> Lucifer. Okay if you guys want to contract your souls over here I'm uh, willing to do mixes for your soul. Mastering for <laughs> you know 50% of your soul. I'm willing to split it with God on the master but you know Creative uh, vision is still imparted on the mix, so, you know, I'll take full soul for the mix.
0: By the way, we're live right now on Twitch. Hello, join us on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash DKMixes. Mm -hmm. Um, Lou's on Twitch. Are you still doing that on Monday nights?
2: I am. I took a break the last two weeks as it's been very chaotic with work. I'm happy to say that I've been getting a lot of work, and I'm always appreciative of the work, but that kind of gets in the way sometimes
0: go. So Lou is yeah. on mix, mix, uh, Twitch.tv backslash Master by Lou.
2: Yep. Actually, last Monday it was the day I had to do that placement thing because I was given such a weird-ass deadline that I wasn't going to be able to stream. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, so that's available. We have a lot of free stuff. We have a sponsor we're going to talk about later today. Um, join us. Uh, thank you for joining us so get once again on this wonderful episode of the podcast. Um, we have a question here and we're going to give a shout out to a viewer of ours on YouTube. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, the view the question from diamond district studios has asked, how are you guys organized in terms of templates and workflows? And guess what? That's today's topic as we're going to talk about our Dun-dun. templates, our writing, our workflows and the different options of workflows that you have when recording or mixing down a session. Yeah. Um very exciting stuff. Uh Lou first off does have a free recording template to give away if you go on It's
2: actually the same as my mixing template. It's just a starting point. But guess what? It'll make your life so much easier. There you go. Yeah.
0: So that's available on your website.
2: Yep. Just go to midsidesound.com or just go to my Instagram and at you master can actually by Lou. at Master by Lou. And uh you can find it in the link in my bio. Uh, But yeah, either way, if you go to my website or whatever, you know it's there.
0: Anyways, yeah, so there you go. Um, So we'll talk a a little bit about, and someone actually, we did a a TZO live stream for like four hours. He came in and talked about his routing and his recording. Someone downloaded the whole video, Mm -hmm. cut out the parts that were like the most pertinent, Mm -hmm. um, and he's selling TZO's template now.
2: Which is funny because now, just out of like honor for TZO, I'm going to make it free on my end. Because It's like, bro, it's not even your template and you're selling it.
0: No, I mean, like free, right? It's, yeah. like, it's copyright, but um, dude broke it down. It's actually gotten like 50,000 plus plays. He gave uh, uh, the podcast and the studio a big shout out. Oh, shit! I mean, the in the mix in the mix studio's branding is on the, the yeah. entire video, so it's actually really really cool about Chris Brown's work. I guess template. at
2: that point, he's making money off of people's laziness because TZO even said, I'd rather you be able to make it yourself. So if they're not going to make it themselves, might as well charge people. There you go, there you go. So um,
0: anyway, uh, we're going to talk about routing today. So routing is very, very important. Some things are, uh, and, and templates and presets, we'll, we'll talk about all this stuff. I think kind of like the overall theme will also be efficiency, mm-hmm. um, but answering question number one, basically, Lou, mm-hmm. should people use templates in their DAW? Uh
2: yes, absolutely. Um, but for the right reasons.
0: Dun See, dun dun. What are the right reasons?
2: The right reason to use the template is to actually maximize your efficiency and the amount of work that it takes to actually get the same amount of an output done. Now, what a lot of people tend to use a template for is because they're looking for a specific sound and they're hoping that it'll get them to sound just like we'll just say like Travis Scott. Travis Scott templates are pretty common on the market. Um The number one thing that Tizio mentioned in his masterclass was in order to sound like Chris Brown, you have to be Chris Brown. And that's where the mistake of templates come in. I think templates are an amazing tool, and I think it should be used every session, to be honest. But I don't think it should be used with the intention of like, if I use this specific template, I'll sound good. Because that just sounds like a cheat code more than it is about bettering yourself as a recording artist.
0: Exactly. So templates, especially in our realm, in a professional realm, is mostly a set of tracks and routing already done. So when you pull up yep. and record an artist, you don't ever have to hit Shift-Command-N and create new tracks, hopefully, is the idea. Mm-hmm. So things are already ready to go, and when the vo- artist walks into the booth, you can just start recording into your already preset template of empty tracks. Um you and TZO kind of have a similar thing as far as plugins go. Is yep. is your template based around what plugins are on the track or like preset EQs? Uh,
2: no, not really. Uh, me and TZO share... Two things in common on our template, which is we have our auto tune set, whether that be printed on the way in, like Tizio likes to do, or whether it be something I can manipulate after the fact, which is what I like to do. But all the routing for the auto tune is completely done; everything is synced up, so you only have to set it and forget it, and get to work. You know, you should be able to start up your session, import the track, and hit record in less than two minutes. Um, with that said, plugin settings. TZO setup just has a high pass filter at 80 hertz and has a small like one to three decibel boost around like 10k. And that's it on an EQ. There's no extra compressors or anything going on like that on his record track because he doesn't want to hear that going on. Now, he may add one to the playback of the vocals, but he's very critical about maintaining the integrity of the recording on the way in and that he can monitor it properly so he can then say, hey, we overcompressed. Hey, we distorted. Hey, we did this. But it's so minimalistic that he's really, really relying on his ears, not the template when it comes to the sound of it.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it's really interesting that um, yeah, he might have some EQ stuff going in, comes some pressure stuff going in, but it's usually a starting place as well. Exactly. It's not this,
2: any major cuts or anything.
0: I do this a lot with like plugins. I mm-hmm. have I have a lot of my every plugin I use almost has almost every plugin that I use has its own preset. And it's called DK start or like if mm-hmm. I'm describing it like if with like if it's like I'm using it to make things dirty then it's like dirty start or something mm-hmm. like that where I can just click and I pick like one that. of the starting points, and then I never leave it where it is. It's not meant to be left where it yeah. is, but it's meant so. It saves me time. Granted, it's a few seconds, but a few seconds on every single insert point that you use is going to be a few minutes. You know, yep. It's going to be worth your time. Um, and more importantly, even if it's just a few seconds, you can lose your inspiration and forget what you were actually planning on doing if it wasn't fast.
2: Yeah. A big part of the plugins for me, and Tezio for sure, because I've had this conversation with them separately from the from the master class, and I don't know if it came through on the master class, but part of the whole template design is making sure that you actually have the ability to consistently bring that session to any studio you're really working out of and make sure that everything's still compatible. Compatibility is probably the number one issue that most. Like, oh, we started a session at this studio, and they don't have this version of Autotune. Oh, we went to this studio, and they didn't have this. This is where TZO's, uh, you know, we print on the way in comes in handy. Uh, For me, I like using hybrid. Not every studio has hybrid, and there is an issue for me, but I tend to travel with my own iLock. So if they don't have it, I can download it and plug my iLock in. And that's the only plugin I need. The rest of my stuff is stock. So if you don't have the stock Pro Tools plugins, you didn't
0: install it right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what it's supposed to be. That's all it is. It's supposed to save you time. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to help you stay organized. Oh yeah. Um, and it's just help you to be ready for any scenario, no matter what they throw at you. So, for example, your your uh, template recording template. Uh you're ready for multiple artists, multiple background vocals. Yep. Um so like whether it's for a rapper that doesn't do any ad libs or whether if it's for someone like Ishiko where like tons of ad libs and backing vocals, yeah. You're ready for
2: either situations. The most recent song had 82 vocal tracks for go. one artist and then like six for the second artist.
0: That's hilarious. Yeah. So it's um it's it's all like crazy fun and games. So that's all it is. It's meant for efficiency. Um there are a couple pragmatic things that you can always do. For example, there is a difference between a master bus, yep, a master track and a mix bus or an aux track. Yeah. In Pro Tools, the aux all the inserts, I think I've talked about this on another episode is is the are the inserts are post-fader yeah. on on an aux track. So, if you fade out the song, the limiting will not change. Like all the compression and limiting that you're putting on the on the master on the mix bus will actually stay the same and only the volume post fader will go down where if you put limiters on a master track and mm-hmm. you fade vo- automate the volume on the master track it'll actually limit the song less as you drop it down yeah. so it'll it's pre fader and so whatever whatever is feed uh feeding, feeding into feeding into the inserts is after the fader. Wait, hold on. Hold no, on. no, I no. Okay, up. so I I hold on.
2: Uh, it's pre-fader. So the the difference between an Aux track and a master fader is pre- and post-fader inserts. The master bus is pre-fader, meaning that as you automate down the fader, it feeds less of the insert. Input, So what I usually like to do in that sense, just to find the middle ground of the two, is use the majority of your processing on the actual aux track and then put a final limiter on the master bus. Reason being is because when the song fades out, I kind of like listening to the transients poke through. It just makes it feel a little bit lively as it's coming out and the dynamics are what's poking through. Yeah. you know outside of that yeah that's pretty much it if you throw your compressor uh on the master bus and you automate that you're actually automating the amount of compression that's happening
0: there you go so um use that information as you like um i use now in pro tools in the new updated version of pro tools where you have dark mode but there's also folders lou and i have been yep. using folders a lot which DK is he awesome. can introduce me to
2: that once i saw him doing it i was like what the fuck is this
0: also, for things simple things like uh, routing for delays, for example, this is uh, mm. one of the things that we talked about on our special subscriber episodes. Um, from now on, we'll be releasing episodes that are for subscribers only, mm. that you can uh, subscribe to the podcast um, for a few bucks a month, a couple bucks a month, is uh, on com. Um, it unlocks two new episodes every single week. Wednesdays and Thursdays will release five to 15-minute long episodes that are always about technical things pulled from the internet, mm-hmm. from people speaking on the internet. And we'll talk more about that on a different episode. Um, but on one of those episodes, I talked about um, how some people, when they do delay throws, mm-hmm. they obviously, some people do, and this is how I do it, is I do a send and then I automate the send. Yeah. And then there's some people for delay throws they duplicate the track, keep mm-hmm. the track with hundred percent wet delay, and they only they unmute, they mute everything except for the delay throws. So they use an, yeah. an, an audio track to then automate the delay throws by muting everything but the words, right? Yeah. Um, and that's another way to do it too. And and is there a tonal difference between the two, Lou? No, not necessarily. See,
2: there is in the way you process the audio that f- gets fed into the aux, and there is not when you duplicate it. If you, if that makes sense. If you were to change the EQ and you're using a send, then that EQ gets applied, applied to the send as but well. If
0: I put an EQ before the delay, it's still going to go into the delay with the EQ.
2: Exactly, but do you want to have to match all your plugins? You get what I'm saying? Like if you not actually... bus processing. Exactly. Uh, so if you were to say, okay, I'm going to create this duplicate track, now you're going to need duplicate plugins to match the audio. Or do you want a completely different uh, processing on the delay track? You know, so using the send will save you CPU while using the duplicate will actually save you time and effort. Because <laughs> let's be honest, nobody's trying to manually automate things. It takes too much time. And is one way superior to the other? Absolutely not. The creative differences.
0: It's just a workflow difference. That's all it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, like when me and DK first met and we're hearing each other's mixes, we would compliment each other's mixes and say we like each other's stuff. But a big difference is that we were hearing each other's differences in the mix and things that we were pinpointing. It's like, well, I like that. No, I like that. I like that. But the funny thing is we have two completely different workflows. Like part of my lesson today was actually comparing both of our mixing styles. Like mine has more vocals backed into the track while yours has a uh, kind of like a tapered sub. Like it doesn't have like super boomy sub, but it has a very focused vocal that's in front of the mix. It's two completely different mix styles yet. We both find our clients that really appreciate our sound. You Actually,
0: know? I've never heard you describe our differences. So that was interesting. Yeah. What did you say? Focused, focused lows. Uh, focus so subs?
2: I have very deep, Subs in my mix and uh, some people like that some people like their trunk rattlers right
0: Uh, (laughs) trunk rattlers yeah
2: I (laughs) like I came from bands and I really appreciate drums and bass and a lot of that is in the low end definition Uh so I really like that but you have a very focused and tight like kind of shelved off sub where like you don't really it's not that you don't hear it it's more like it doesn't take over the mix around 40 hertz So it's because it's tight; it allows for the vocal to actually stand more forward. A lot of the mids are moved out of the way for the vocals to stand present. I'm very much a
0: pop mixer for sure. Yeah, well, me, I'm more like
2: R&B, and you know, I came from rock, so there's still influence from that. But R&B vocals tend to be very, very deep
0: mid mid dip. While like pop R&B tends to be like you
2: know vocals forward. So like uh, we were comparing music from like Chloe and Haley, where Chloe and Haley was vocal forward but chloe on her own is vocal in Mm. you know but we were talking about like referencing differences in styles but like it's also subjective that like my client brandon actually said it best he's like it feel it's so subjective but at the end of the day it's very objective too like we have a goal we want to hit it's just subjective what the end result should be
0: that's true um this is a tangent uh we're gonna go keep going down this path so um one of my well my student <laughs> why well, have one uh my student <laughs> uh he um said the same thing too like where well, we were talking about this where there it's totally subjective but I have him do like masters cause he's a mastering engineer. And I'm mm-hmm. like kind of teach him how to do that. He does, does like masters and then I'll do one. And then there's going to be times where he does a better job than me. Yeah. And it's subjective enough. But at the same time, if I think he does a better job, well, like we'll both agree. Like there's yeah. something objective about it because whenever he does a better job, whenever I do a better job, we both agree.
2: It's, I think it's subjective when it's the individual looking at something. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to a group, uh, you can find the objectiveness in it because it's like, okay, cool. We know that these people like this, but I as an individual like this and prefer this, you know. So what is it exactly that the end goal is supposed to be? Like at the end of the day, I usually say it's whoever's paying for the project is the, is the end goal, right? Yeah. If they say more highs, then I say, cool, how many? How much? What do you want? How much yeah. high? Uh, what frequency? You know, but at the end of the day, like I might not like it. I the individual may have a very subjective view on the on the objective of this mix but at the end of the day as long as your client's happy as long as you're comfortable with putting it out there like I actually have a client that I recently had to tell don't put my name on it uh because for me it didn't match what I thought was a good mix but for them they said like this is how I want it I'm like well there there's there's the perfect example of subjective and objective for me, subjectively, didn't work out. I didn't, I didn't like where the, the thing was going, and that's cool. At the end of the day, I met the client's needs and made sure they were happy. My objective was to make sure they were happy.
0: There you go. Okay, so going back to routing and efficiency. Yeah. Um, this is, again, live from the stream. Diamond District Studios on YouTube says, My assumption is that you both use Pro Tools. I do, too. How much consideration do you put into compatibility when sharing sessions between yourself and other collaborators, plugins, DAW versions, etc.
2: Oh, this is easy. None. Uh, If I have to collaborate with somebody, I ask them if they have my DAW and if they don't, I give them stems. And I actually made my template so efficient that it should take me no more than five minutes to make all the stems possible. Period. That's it. Five minutes. If I take longer than five minutes, I'm taking too long. And everything will be perfectly labeled. Everything will be perfectly grouped. And I create three folders. I create STEM folder for each individual track, bus folder in case they just want my buses, and master buses if they just want acapella and instrumental, and then a master bounce. They get literally four versions of tracks for me.
0: There you go. Individual tracks, buses. I do the same thing, individual tracks and buses. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and then as far as, like, uh, yeah, as a mixer, I don't care. Most of the time I get stems anyway. Yeah. I don't expect everybody else to use Pro Tools. Um, Nor should I they. do. Pers- In fact, even if someone else does use Pro Tools, I low-key prefer that they send me stems.
2: Yeah. Like, sometimes the routing that they have is so confusing. You're like, yeah, okay, how c- about you just send me this stem?
0: To- yeah, because me reorganizing the stems into my, pro- into my workflow takes less time, potentially, than having to reroute. A Pro Tools set- session that you give me and then it messes up my defaults. I yeah. hate when it does that, yeah. when it like de- yeah. messes up my default so, IOs and everything.
2: I have two questions. One will lead to the next, but this one has to do with now. Um, when it messes up your defaults, do you have a recall, your I.O. recall for your defaults?
0: I just use the default. So if whenever it does that, I just delete everything and restore it all. I have a recall for my I.O. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. For we specific have them for the buses and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: But for my mixing and recording template, oh, I, I have, have a too, specific I/O recall.
0: Actually, I have them too. But the only yeah. difference is, is, that instead of insert seven and eight, it'll say golden comp.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, is, so it's just
0: renamed. That's I all have that
2: in Studio A for when I'm mixing in Studio A. But in my office, I have a different one where it's just one and two because my converter only has two channels. So mine,
0: I do have. A, <laughs> I do have a, something that I pull up from, but. So that's why I kind of prefer. I do take a lot of like sessions. Some some clients just send me sessions, which is fine. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Until it's not, and then you just ask for, you know. Yeah. Stems.
0: I have every plugin known to man, so like, and you do too. So yeah. because of that, we don't really have plugin compatibility issues.
2: Yeah. Now I do have a question for you that's <laughs> t- still t- on t- the template t- subject, and it's kind of a "what should you do" kind of question because I just got asked by uh, this by somebody who uh, is now working with another team he's part of our team he's still part of our team and all that but he he made a mention he's like you know I've noticed that because there's been a lot of turnaround in engineers and all that and like not anybody there is specifically an engineer like the routing the organization of these tracks that's kind of back and forth and because of that he's having a issue making heads or tails of these sessions because there's tracks that there's routing to that don't actually route to anything and it's it's like almost like this nebulous of nothing that's happening in half the session um should he change the client's template for him to be able to work more efficiently in it and should he mention it to the client saying hey i think i can make your stuff better personally speaking i told him yes nobody I don't think anybody should ever be opposed to the idea of like, hey, I have a suggestion. It may actually make your work a lot more efficient, more organized, and potentially may even make you sound better. Um, are you interested? You know, but if you're ever taking on a session myself, like uh, included, like anytime I'm handed a session, in this case, like where somebody sends you to a studio and they want you to record on a song that they've previously recorded and have their own template for, um, but you can't make heads or tails of it. Just ask if it's okay. Hey, can I import this into my template? I'll retain your settings and blah, blah, blah. But this is just very different from what I'm used to seeing. And I don't want to slow you down by me having to figure it out.
0: There you go. Anyway, um, templates and presets. Uh, I do think there is actually, as far as like plugin presets go, I do Mm -hmm. think there is a practical use to them. When starting out or when trying a new plugin, I do like yeah. to go through the presets and figure out like, what, what people things to like do. Them. Yeah. What kind of, like, and use those as starting points to figure out what kind of tones I can get out of it, yeah. figure out how to
2: use it. Did you ever go through, uh, did you ever try the Nif Soma? Because their presets are pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. I haven't yeah. gone through the presets on that one. They're
2: very, very gentle because it was all the presets were made by mastering engineers. So they're all within like a decibel or two. Some of them are less than a decibel change. And it says like airlift 0.5 up. And it's like, yeah, because every consumer client is going to hear that 0.5 up at 22 (laughs) K. Like, I love it because it's just like, it obviously was mastering engineers that touched this one. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, So um, that's, I do use like plugin presets just to kind of try things out and, try different sounds um
2: yeah. with
0: like I do it a lot with like guitar tones I go through the yeah, yeah, yeah. with my guitar amps I do a yeah. lot of presets and kind of go through the presets to see what kind of tones I can get out and then work from there rarely ever do I have a preset that I just leave yeah. um there's one specific one that I talk about every once in a while DK start Pensado EQ has a oh, modern the yeah the well has a the Pensado EQ has a modern hi hat preset and that's like the only one that I ever leave up yeah it's really? like what else am I going to do with a with a clicky hi hat that's that's like there we go that's a better high. yeah <laughs> yeah it's the Pensado EQ um, yeah. I actually
2: recently had a master a song that was very uh, DK fan base style where it was uh, Stevie Wonder and Al Green inspired uh, instrumentation where it's hi-hat and snare leading the track <laughs> you know and uh, because of that like the the track actually had a pretty piercing hi-hat but in like I want to say between like 3K and 5K, you know? And it was kind of funny because I'm like, I can't really fix this in the mastery. It's not something I, I can do, but like, they're trying to put it out now. So I can't really send it back to mixing because normally I'd just send it back to mixing. Just like, hey, um, this is what I'm hearing. This is the issue. Like you can use Spectral Shaper or whatever, you know, something. Um, they're like, no, nah, like, can we make this work? Like, I'm trying to put this out in two days. I'm like, okay, I have an idea. And I ended up reaching for like Ozone's uh, dynamic EQ. And I felt really bad for the mix because like that thing got really squished out. And he's like, it sounds so much better. It sounds more modern. And I'm like, oh, but all your guitars now sound like trash. I'm sorry. Like, are you sure we can't send it back to the mixer? He's like, he's in Germany. I was like, all oh, that time zone difference.
0: Um, so we have another couple questions from the Twitch sure. stream, which we'll take because they are uh, part of the conversation here. Yes, they uh, are. Sold out ginger. If I'm not mistaken, is my friend Parker Robinson. What I up, love Parker? that name. Um, if you guys are processing on the master bus, do you run into issues with your stems printed from oxes or groups, not summing into the same, uh, not summing the same without the master bus processing. No. So, um, there's a couple things here. So the traditional way people do this, uh, Bob does this. Bob Horn does this a lot. Is if you have mix bus or master bus processing, um, you want and you do a lot of bus processing, and you Mm want to send out individual stems or stems, not individual tracks, but stems that's meant mix the way that it's supposed to sound, which is through the bus, right? Um, Oftentimes, these mixers will use like bounce Butler to automate it. Yep. But they'll bounce each individual group or set of tracks through the master bus mm-hmm. and then they'll close the session, open a new one and or like mute and solo, solo that bus and just bounce those through the master track so they'll have everything going through the same master bus and then turn it into a new session and then like turn them down or whatever it takes. Uh, for me, and I'm sure that you may have heard of that or had to do something similar. For me, yeah. there's, there's a client that I have that um, one of my labels, right, that I work with, they send me masters to do Mm -hmm. and then they send me the stems for the masters just like five three to eight tracks depending on what it is most Mm -hmm. 12 right yeah and so what i do is i master it and once they approve the masters then i send them the instrumental all the other versions that they send me and then i take the tone changing um the tone changing plugins. so if i use an eq or like heavy compressors Mm -hmm. or like character change distortion or saturation type things i'll copy and paste those on each individual track
2: and oh, then, I see. And
0: then, so that way, when I, when I export each individual track, like, and, I'll, and I'll put them in a group, and then if I need to change the EQ where like, the master had less e- mid-range and, and, or the stems had less mid-range or whatever, I can like adjust it with the EQ or whatever, mm-hmm. make it sound as similar as possible but without the limiters on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then oftentimes I put like shift option L2 or whatever limiter I'm using and then just drag them enough where, because they want them at like, minus like 2 mm-hmm. dBs of headroom, Uh, so then I do that. So that way I keep the same tonal thing, but without having to bounce each individual track 12 times, Yeah, you know, so I just can do it once all 12 tracks at once.
2: Well, I actually go about it a bit differently because, um, nine times out of 10, they don't need me to provide every single track. Usually when I'm asked for deliverables like stems, they really just want lead backing, uh, you know, doubles well, and that's ad-libs. what
0: stems are, right? No, 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 exactly. Individual but some people want stems.
2: individuals, you know, some people want individuals. So I usually don't run into the issue of having to like do one track, uh, like, Oh, this, I want the lead ver- vocal and the, you know, each double backing or whatever, you know, on a separate thing. So usually the way my template is organized, I actually do a little bit. Like I try to keep minimal processing on the actual buses, And then I do the majority of my like bus processing, if anything, on like the master bus. Cause on the, I'm a big top down mixer kind of style guy where it's like, I could, I could bring up the highs on each individual vocal or each individual vocal track or whatever. Or I could just buy like a general top end boost to the vocals if the vocals need it on the vocal master. And that's cool. And then I use Bounce Butler to create the stems. You know what I mean? Like, uh i like a minimalistic approach you know I, I was taught to mix on consoles uh starting out when i was 18 and so a lot of what i was taught was very like you have a limited amount of tools you have a very limited amount of time and the goal is to have no revisions so as little recall as possible is best so putting on an 1176 just for lead and then putting one on for the double vocal just didn't make sense. So using bus comps for, for like backing vocals and all that just made more sense. So processing down stems really just kind of became easier. The m- more minimalistic I became on the tracks and the, I guess the smaller buses. You know?
0: Yeah, so that's, um, that's a couple ways to do it. Again, that's like yeah. more routing things. You figure that out. Have that conversation with whoever you're sending the stuff to. Um, yeah.
2: If you download my template... It'll literally save you time on all that stemming stuff. Literally, just stem from the mass. Uh, you can literally just uh, that, have you seen the the bounce track feature. You just right click on the track and hit bounce.
0: No, I've never seen this. You're oh. not talking about Shift Option nope. Command B. Nope. I mean, maybe I don't know the shortcut or option, for Option Command B. You're not talking about bounce. It's, it's no, no, no. It's I'm not right click on it.
2: Yeah, so you go to the track, you right click on it, and you'll see the bounce. Oh, there option. is a bounce option. Yeah, so you can actually bounce all of your tracks in one click.
0: Well, you just highlight all of them and then hold down shift option exactly. right click, yeah. right? Okay, so that's the same thing as, as shift option command B.
2: Okay, that's what well, I, like I yeah, said, I just tracks. don't know that. Yeah. yeah, but that's what I was saying. Like, if it takes you more than five minutes, you're doing it wrong. Um, just because, like, the only time I ever really need Bounce Butler is if I'm creating alternative versions, you know i might make a uh, like for instance like uh the the record that i had to do last week um they ended up performing the song the day it came out like live on tv and it was really funny because like i'm about to leave uh i was on my way to a production session for for a label and um yeah i ended up 3 hours late because i had to create alternative versions last minute nobody told me that they were going to perform and uh, so I went in, got on the phone with the artists on FaceTime. We created all the track edits and everything. And yeah, sure enough, Bounce Butler made it possible to where, okay, cool. I'm going to leave now. I'm going to leave Bounce Butler running. And then I'm going to ask Junior, who was at the studio, to just upload them to FilePass once they were done. And that was it. Yeah. But the creation of the alternative versions, that that was too long for it. Cause they wanted like a million changes, but creating the stems five minutes max.
0: There you go. Um, we're let's real quick, take a quick break to talk about our sponsor. Sure. Um, isotope. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. We love your products and we have a special code for everybody that's listening. If you're interested in isotope products, you can go to isotope.com backslash mm podcast to get 10% off of any of their products at any time. Also, if you, they do for their monthly subscription bundles, they do a seven day free trial period. But if you use isotope.com backslash MM podcast, you get a whole 30 day trial. So it's a month Mm. long rather than one week long. So it's totally worth checking out. Um, We both use a lot of their isotope products. We use isotope, ozone. We use ozone. We use nectar. I use nectar, Vogel Synth, Trash. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Neutron Rx Mm -hmm. um, and they have a bunch more as well so really really worth checking out they have some free plugins as well go check out isotope.com backslash mmpodcast and when you go to their website they're they're looking at the analytics so even if you don't buy anything click on just go to their website make sure you count as someone and they see they keep paying us (laughs) 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 Um, no I'm teasing They're, they're such a wonderful company and we love them so much we're really grateful for um they're sponsoring the show. Um, again, every single time we do an interview with someone, they always mm-hmm. use Isotope. It's one of those fundamental bundles that everybody should have. Yeah. Um, nobody should have any compatibility issues with Isotope because that's one of those plugins everybody has.
2: Yeah. To be honest, like literally, Isotope saved the day on that production. There was an issue with the vocal that I just couldn't do without their dynamic EQ. And uh, yeah. Oh, my God isotope thank you shout out to you you made the day happen there oh you my go god. now that i think about it yeah you really made the day happen because i went over the mix today and i was like going through the chain i'm like uh it's getting better but it's not quite there and then suddenly ozone nine dynamic eq pops up on the vocal master for one of the artists i'm like oh my god it saved the day <laughs> <laughs> dynamic <laughs> eq is probably my favorite tool from isotope yeah. There
1: you
0: go. yeah so go check them out um so on, the, on that note, I think it's a good time to slowly end the podcast here. Sure. Um, again, once again, if you're listening, we have a subscriber-only episodes that release every Wednesday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. You can go to mixandmusicpodcast.com. You can check out our sponsors. Any any tools or books or anything that you purchase through the Podcast.com affiliates link, sponsors link, will give us a kickback and you support the show. We appreciate your help uh, and any sort of response or a support of the show. Um, I sell kids' books. That's in the, <laughs> in the description, too. Um, and, yeah, come join us on Twitch Sometimes It's a lot of fun. We're just oh, yeah. hanging out. We appreciate all of your support. Leave a five-star review on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all, any and all of your support. On that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Hey, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the mixing music podcast. I just want to do a quick plug. Did you know that I write kids books? If you have children, nieces, nephews, I have books that are totally available for free or $10 on Amazon for physical copies. You can go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash kids books to get access and learn more about that. Thank you for all of your support. Now
1: let's get back to the show. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently.